0: A Happy Friday to all of you. Thanks for joining me as always. It is very much appreciated. I am taping this episode on Friday morning because the hotel is kicking us out in just about an hour. They would not extend the time, so we could not do this live like I wanted to. But again, content better than no content. Do not send a super chat because I will not be able to get to the super chats because we are not live. Again, thanks for joining us. All right, let's jump in. Bill Belichick. Is he done? Is he done as a head coach in the NFL? Is he going to be unemployed in 2024? The Atlanta Falcons hired Raheem Morris as their head coach last night. And of course, the Falcons are the only team that Belichick has spoken to since he left New England, which leads you to believe, and Adam Schefter has said as much, that Belichick's in trouble. If he wants a job for this season, he's in trouble. Really, nobody is interested right now. And that is fascinating because you wondered if Belichick had something in his back pocket. All of the rumors, all of the conversations, all of the innuendo when Belichick and the Patriots were quote-unquote parting ways. We wondered if Belichick had something already, that he was going to walk out that door in New England and walk into a new door, a new organization, and run things the way that he wanted to run them. Well, he didn't have anything in his back pocket. And the question is, what now? Jeff Howe posted this last night. Belichick is currently viewed as a long shot for the commanders and the Seahawks coaching vacancies. Those are the two jobs that are left. Seattle and Washington. It would take a change of direction for something to happen with either team. Ian Rappaport last night, there are no known scheduled interviews. Potentially, Belichick could sit out the year and await an opportunity in 2025. And when you look at this and who remains, it's interesting because Ben Johnson is still out there. Bobby Slowick is still out there. And of course, Mike Vrabel is still out there. And you could easily argue that teams would be more interested in Slowick and Johnson and Vrabel than they would Bill Belichick. So here we are. Belichick likely not coaching in 2024. I am surprised. I thought he would get a gig. And you have to wonder if this means that Bill Belichick is done coaching, period, end of sentence, in the NFL. I know people keep throwing out, oh, well, 2025. This might set up better for him in 2025. Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, Right walking into the final year of his contract, if he doesn't get the job done again in the postseason, does that mean the Cowboys could hire Belichick? I don't know if Belichick's going to work in 2025. He turned 72 years old in April. Are you telling me that a team would be willing to bring in 73-year-old Bill Belichick to run the organization? Would he be willing to cease power? It doesn't sound like it. So would a team be interested in bringing somebody in who's 73 years old and saying, we're going to give you the reins for the next three or four years? I don't think that's going to happen. Now, maybe I'll be wrong. I thought he'd get a job this offseason, and I was clearly wrong. But I'm not sure any owner would look Belichick in the eye at 73 and say, oh, yeah, we want you running this program. We want you being the guy. It would make Belichick one of the oldest, if not the oldest, coach in NFL history if he coaches into 25 and 26, does that sound reasonable to you? Look at all these head coach hires. Most of them, most of them, not all of them, but most of them go into guys in their 30s and 40s. Belichick's got 30 years on those guys. In some cases, he's got 40 years on some of these coaches. So it's hard for me to just sit there and say, oh, well, you know, 2025, Belichick will be all set. Will Belichick's philosophy evolve? from now and until 2025, doubtful. There were reports that Belichick doesn't want to be involved in a big market because of the media. Kind of strange to me, but does that mean he doesn't even want any accountability when having conversations with the media? He doesn't want a big market. He doesn't want sports radio talking about him. What, what, What kind of owner would be interested in somebody like Belichick if he's not willing to play ball with the media in any sense of the word? outside of the responsibilities that he has to have due to NFL rules and and speaking with said media. So I don't think this is a layup in 25 that Belichick comes back at 73 years old, ready to run a ship. I don't. And I don't know if this was Belichick only wanting Atlanta. Maybe Bill didn't want to go to some of these other places. Maybe he wasn't interested in Carolina because of Dave Tepper. Maybe it was location. Maybe he did not want to go to the West coast. Maybe he wants to stay on the East Coast. Maybe that's why he wanted Atlanta and nowhere else. So maybe he made some of these calls. You know, there were some reports slash rumors that Belichick had spoken to Philadelphia and Dallas and pretty much told them he wasn't interested. Now, is that true? I have no idea. No clue. Because some of the other rumors and reports from the same place were dead wrong. So I have no idea if that is the truth or not. But maybe this was Belichick's call. Maybe it was Atlanta or bust for him this offseason. And he busted. He spoke to Arthur Blank twice. The second time around, he spoke to GM Terry Fontenot, CEO Rich McKay, along with Blank. Seemingly, it looked like he was going to land there. But that's not the case. And you got to believe that Atlanta didn't want Bill Belichick, the GM. If you're looking at Bill's track record since 2015, we've talked about it. It's not good. It has not been very good, especially in the draft. In the draft, it's been awful. 2015 to 2022, the drafting of the Patriots under Bill Belichick's watch was dreadful. I did a podcast on that in the middle of November of last year. You can check it out if you'd like. Bill Barnwell wrote a great piece about Belichick's drafting from 2015 to 2022 and how bad it was from 30,000 feet. So this is a clear indication that the Falcons were not comfortable giving Belichick 100% autonomy, like he obviously wanted. That's what he wanted from the Falcons. It seems like when he spoke to Blank, and that's why they brought in Fontenot, and that's why they brought in McKay, so they can talk about power structure, and it didn't work out. You know, free agency, Bill's been 50-50 the last four or five years. At best, 50-50. You look at how he handled the quarterback position. After Tom Brady left, right? After Brady left, we've talked about this. It's a disastrous plan or lack thereof at the most critical position. And if you're the Falcons, that's what you're looking at this offseason. This offseason, you need a quarterback. You've got talent on both sides of the football, but you need a QB. So if you're, you know, Arthur Blank or Fontenot or McKay and you're looking at Belichick, how in the world could you possibly believe in the idea that he was going to handle the quarterback in the right way. And we're not just talking about a young quarterback. We're talking about any quarterback. Not everybody is Brady. Not everybody can handle Belichick's coaching. And if you go young, we saw what happened with Mac Jones. So how would Belichick handle and develop a young quarterback had to be a question the Falcons had. All right. Let's not forget again. Give us that thumbs up. Every like on YouTube means the world to me. That's how we beat the algorithm. More likes, more eyeballs, bigger community, more interaction. So like, comment, subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Pods and Spotify, you can rate and review. And by the way, new goal for subscriptions. Want to get to seventeen hundred and fifty subscriptions by Valentine's Day. So trying to get to 1750 by Valentine's Day. Just a couple of more notes on Belichick likely being done in this hiring cycle and looking like he's not going to be a head coach in 2024. With no gig, with no gig for Belichick in 24, I do think this justifies Robert Kraft and the Patriots walking away from Bill. We had heard that Kraft would at least entertain the idea of bringing Bill back in 24, if Bill was willing to cease power, if he was willing to acquiesce, if he was willing to say to Robert, you know what, I haven't done a good job drafting. I've made mistakes in free agency. Let the the front office run things. They can report directly to you. I just want to coach. But that obviously wasn't what Bill wanted to do. Bill wanted autonomy. It was not going to work out. After a quarter of a century in the same place, running the operation the way he ran the operation, he was not going to relent. And so at that point, Kraft and Jonathan Kraft, Robert Kraft, walked away. Mutually parted ways, quote unquote, with Belichick because of it. So if Belichick was willing to relent and was willing to give up that power and personnel, he might still be here. And we'd be talking about Belichick in 24 with Gerard Mayo as, you know, the no-titled Mayo linebackers coach in getting ready for 2025 because that was the plan. And we know that Robert Kraft is very methodical. Measure nine times before you cut, right? So Robert Kraft wanted Gerard Mayo to be the head coach of this football team in 2025, not 24. So you do wonder, if Belichick was willing to give up that personnel say, would Kraft have stuck with the plan? and just let Bill ride it out in 24, and then move to Mayo in 25? I don't know, maybe. Let's not forget, Belichick's, what, 15 wins away from leapfrogging Don Shula. If Belichick came back next year and won nine games, ten games, even eight games, would Kraft really wave goodbye to Belichick when he's seven, eight wins away? from conquering Don Shula? Would Kraft want that moment at Gillette Stadium? So we don't really know, but it would have been fascinating if Belichick walked into Kraft's office hat in hand and said, yeah, I I haven't done a great job in personnel the last few years. I haven't been good enough. You can strip that away from me. I just want to coach this football team. You wonder, it's a sliding doors moment, right? You wonder how that would have impacted everything that's happened here in the last month or two. We have no way of knowing. We will say this, though. Belichick not getting a job in 24 at the NFL level tells us that this could have a significant impact on the Patriots and their coaching staff. Gerard Mayo right now has an embarrassment of riches, if he sees it that way, of former Patriots coaches and current Patriots coaches, because we were all wondering how would it be split? What would happen if Belichick goes to Atlanta? Who goes with Belichick? Does Steve and Brian Belichick go with him? Does Josh McDaniels go with him? Does Mike Pellegrino, defensive backs coach, does he go with Bill if Bill lands a gig somewhere else? So now that Bill is unlikely to get hired by an NFL team, Gerard Mayo has all of these names he can choose from. He can choose from guys that are on the current staff. He can choose from guys that were out in Vegas with, with McDaniels. So this gives Mayo tons of options, which I think is good news. Will Steve Belichick return now as assistant head coach slash senior advisor to the head coach? I would say it's much more likely that Steve returns now. I would say it's much more likely that Brian returns now. And again, I talked about this yesterday. I don't understand, or it might have been two days ago, I don't understand why people get angry at the idea of Steve Belichick staying with the Patriots. He's done a really good job since 2019. No issue with that. How's the front office come together? I I wonder if Matt Grow now survives or are they ready to move on from Grow anyway? We'll see. Elliot Wolf, will he stay in that front office as the lead dog? We'll have to see. But there's no doubt Belichick not coaching in 24 helps Mayo because he has a lot of options now he can go to for that coaching staff. He can bring in more experienced cats than he might have thought going back. A week or two ago. Something to keep an eye on. Of course we ask what's this mean for the offense. What does this mean. For Josh McDaniels. Jonathan Jones this morning. From CBS. Posted on X. That the Patriots spoke to Houston quarterbacks coach. Gerard Johnson. So he's somebody that the Patriots have spoken to. He's highly regarded. Young guy. So he had an interview with the Patriots. The Patriots also according to Jones interviewed. Panthers offensive coordinator, Thomas Brown. Another McVay guy. These are two McVay guys. So when you look at this, Nick Caley, Zach Robinson, Shane Waldron, Dan Pitcher, uh, Johnson, and Brown, all of those guys I just named, they run the McVay offense, or at least a semblance of the McVay offense. So it, it seems rather obvious that Mayo wants to bring McVay's offense to New England. Now, is it going to be full bore? Not sure. And what happens with Josh McDaniels? Andrew Callahan of the Herald wrote this yesterday. According to The Athletic, Jeff Howe, the Patriots' offensive coordinator job is not highly coveted, again, not highly coveted, by the top candidates on the market. Nick Caley, it should be noted, has spent eight of his NFL seasons in New England where he mostly worked under McDaniels. According to a source, McDaniels has been a regular in New England in recent weeks. We told you that McDaniels had not sold his house in New England and he was hanging around. That's where he lives. It's what he's about. Back to Callahan. He's seen as a strong candidate, McDaniels is, to join Mayo staff or follow Belichick elsewhere. Well, now we could likely move Belichick elsewhere off the list. While it initially appeared Mayo was coveting coaches with experience in McVay's system, his current candidate pool, Paints McDaniels as the odds-on favorite. Mayo may want to evolve the Patriots' offensive system with the McVay influence and bring Kaylee and or Robinson aboard to help with that evolution. It should be noted that Zach Robinson is likely going to Atlanta. He has strong ties and a strong relationship with Raheem Morris, so it'd be surprising if Zach Robinson is not the Falcons' OC within the next 24 to 36 hours. We'll see if that's what happens, but that's what a lot of people believe will happen. But Mayo's only relevant comments on the future of his offense stated the Patriots will remain a quote-unquote game-plan team. Callahan writes, translation, I'm not throwing out the old philosophy entirely. No hard reporting here, just guesses. McDaniels returns to the Patriots staff. The offense evolves and features more McVay characteristics. So that was Andrew Callahan yesterday in the Herald saying McDaniels is still in New England. He's still hanging around. And his two choices, it seems, would be to go with Belichick somewhere or stay with Mayo, and Mayo would be open to that. And we've read in the past that Mayo does think very highly of McDaniels, and an assistant head coach title might come with the offensive coordinator. That way, he could have some gravitas, and he kind of stays and stands firm in New England with Mayo as the head guy. Some have said that if – McDaniels didn't go with Belichick, that McDaniels would be Mayo's top choice as the OC slash assistant head coach. How many assistant head coaches are we going to have? (laughs) Is Steve Belichick and Josh McDaniels going to have two assistant head coaches? We'll see. We'll see. So look, the number one option to me, and I've said this, I've stayed consistent is a new voice in a new scheme. That's what I want. If you could land Robinson, fantastic. Don't know if Robinson's going to Atlanta. Like I said, it does seem that way. But I would like a new voice. I would like a new scheme, a new way of doing things. That's what I would personally want. But we do have to ask the question, with Jeff Howe saying that the OC job is not highly coveted by the top candidates, we do have to ask the question, what if those guys aren't interested? What if Robinson's not interested? What happens then? Shane Waldron took the Chicago job. You could look at this and say, well, Waldron went to Chicago because he knows he at least has Justin Fields. They're likely going to draft Caleb Williams. So he has a clear plan and he has clear knowledge as to who's going to be the quarterback of Chicago in 2024. That's an easier job to take. When you're looking at the Patriots, you don't know if it's going to be Drake May. You don't know if it's going to be Jaden Daniels. You don't know if it's going to be Bo Nix or Michael Penix. The Patriots, I don't think, can tell you that. And even if they said, well, we want May or Daniels, you still don't know who your quarterback is going to be. There's no absolute certainty. So when you look at some of these guys, you know, Dan Pitcher, he stayed in Cincinnati. He's got Joe Burrow. He's been there for a few years. He's got familiarity with that coaching staff. So he decides he wants to stay and get promoted to OC. If Robinson lands in Atlanta, you can certainly understand why that is. So it's one thing to say, let's go out and get one of the best guys. But one of the best guys has to be interested in you. It's like free agency, right? Right. I mean, it's always great on paper. Let's go out and sign this guy. Let's go out and sign that guy. What happens if that guy doesn't want to sign with you? So who's actually interested in the OC gig? What are the legitimate options that Gerard Mayo has? And are those options better than Josh McDaniels when you look at the resume? And I know people will be upset if it's, you know, Steve Belichick returns and Josh McDaniels returns and it's the same old, same old with the Patriots. But when you're looking at who you could hire you have to look at the best applicant. Simple. That's what you do if you're Mayo. So if all of these other guys are, eh, I, don't, I don't really know, because you guys haven't even said who your GM is. And, of course, the Patriots, I think, would tell them the inner workings of the front office in the moment if they're going to hire the guy. But there are just more questions. And if you're looking at this roster, I mean, Belichick, Bill Belichick hosed the Patriots because this roster is a disaster. If you're not, if you're Zach Robinson and you're looking at the Atlanta Falcons with you know Pitts in London and Bijan Robinson in a good offensive line, if you're Robinson and you're looking at that, you say, all right, we're a quarterback away, but at least I know the pieces that I have to work with. I know we have talent. If you're looking at the Patriots, what do you have? You have no tight ends. You have no offensive tackles. You know you have zero wide receiver. One on this team. You have one running back in Ramondre Stevenson. Zeke's going to free agency. So what do you have? Is that a job that you would take? It's a difficult sell. It's a very difficult sell. So I wonder, will Kellen Moore get involved? We'll keep an eye on that. Will Eric Biennemi get involved? Those two guys are still out there, very experienced, big-time reputations throughout the game. Do we see those names surface? Or is Mayo done? Kaylee, Robinson, Waldron, pitcher, Johnson, Brown, and looking at McDaniels. Is that enough for Gerard Mayo? Is he happy with that? So I, I want that new voice and I want that new scheme. But I did say going back weeks ago, if you did not find the right guy or the guy did not want to sign with you, then my number two option would be McDaniels. And there's a lot of reasons for that. If McDaniels returns as the assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator, you have questions. There are pros and cons, just like every decision you make. One of the cons Is McDaniels actually going to evolve the offense? Again, it it looks obvious that Mayo wants to lean towards the McVay offense. He has interviewed pretty much strictly McVay guys. So he wants to, judging off of that, kick this offense into 2024 in the new age in the NFL. He wants a McVay-like offense. Well, what does McDaniels do? Does McDaniels have the ability to evolve the Patriots system with a mixture of the McVay system like Callahan suggests in his column yesterday? Is that something that McDaniels wants to do? Is that something that McDaniels can do? I mean, you need certain pieces for certain offensive schemes, right? With McVay, a lot of three wide receiver sets, a lot of tight formations, a lot of motion, jet sweep motion, right? A lot of that stuff bigger receivers tend to play in the McVay offense. So do you have those guys on the team right now? Do you go out and try to find those fits? Does McDaniels know what he's doing as far as the McVay offense? Do you bring Nick Cayley back and have him work with McDaniels? Because at least Kaylee spent a year with McVay last season. So you wonder, can Will McDaniels evolve the offense or is it going to be the same old, same old? And that's a big time question for me. I mean, we can't look at McDaniels in his 10 years in Denver and Vegas and act like they didn't exist. McDaniels in Denver and Vegas, he took the offense. He took the offense to Denver. He took the offense to Vegas. He likes a fullback in the offense, running downhill, all sorts of things that we've seen for 20-plus years as as Patriots fans and Patriots pundits. So how willing is McDaniels, how willing is he to change, tweak, evolve this offense? And how capable is he of doing that? Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Don't forget to comment. Don't forget to subscribe, trying to get to 1,750 subscriptions by Valentine's Day. Let's get there. Appreciate every single one of you. More likes means more eyeballs. That's how this works. Help us, help us, help us. It takes a second of your time. And if you're uh, listening on Spotify, Apple Pods, don't forget to rate and review. Don't send super chats. We are recording this because the hotel's kicking me out in less than an hour, about 45 minutes as a matter of fact. So do not send me super chats. I will not be able to interact with, with those today. All right, here are the pros, though. Here are the pros for McDaniels and why I think it's the second best option for Mayo. If you can't find that young stud offensive mind who's willing to come to New England, this is why I think McDaniels is option number two. He's an experienced play caller. Tons of experience in actual game situations. Now, in Denver and Vegas, not a good head coach, not good game management, not good clock management. We know that. But as an offensive coordinator, when he's tunnel-visioned, when he's focused, He is a top five to 10 offensive coordinator in football. It's what his resume tells us. And he is a very, very experienced play caller. So if you're Mayo and you want the quote unquote head coach of the offense, McDaniels is a guy who can be the head coach of the offense. 100%. He knows the talent that he wants. He knows the coaching staff, which we'll get into in a minute that he would want. And he's actually done the job of play calling. A lot of these guys have not done that. Robinson hasn't done that. Kaylee hasn't done that. Pitcher didn't do it. Johnson and Brown. Brown did it for a couple of games. And then Frank Reich took the play calling back from him, which was really weird. But all of these guys that the Patriots have talked to, they don't have play calling experience aside from those couple of games by Brown. And of course, Shane Waldron in Seattle. But Waldron is in Chicago, as we know. So he's off the board. So an experienced play caller, somebody that you don't have to worry about losing his way during a game, he knows exactly what he wants to do and how to do it. There's a relationship with Mayo. And I've said this from the beginning, relationships matter. Relationships matter in your personal life. They matter in your professional life. And McDaniels is obviously somebody that Mayo can trust. Because if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't be getting those reports that McDaniels was near the top, if not at the top of Mayo's list, if McDaniels didn't go with Belichick somewhere. So there's a relationship. There's a trust factor. Mayo knows McDaniels' weaknesses and strengths. McDaniels knows Mayo's weaknesses and strengths. And there's something to be said for that. And I've also said before, you know, when the Patriots decided to hire Mayo, when they decided to promote him to head coach. He did not have a large Rolodex. And it wasn't crazy to believe that a number of these guys from the coaching staff would come back because those are people that Mayo is comfortable with. Those are people that he trusts. Those are people that he knows through and through. So there's a trust factor with all of this. Also, McDaniels is not a flight risk. McDaniels is not getting a head coaching job in the NFL anytime soon, if ever. His awful job in Denver, his bad job in Vegas. I don't think McDaniels is going to be a head coach in the NFL. I mean, maybe eight to 10 years down the road, something crazy happens, but he knows where he's at. You know, he's somebody who's lived in New England for a long time, family in New England, obviously very comfortable with New England, the area and New England, the football team and ownership has a great relationship with the crafts. So McDaniels knows his lot in life at this point. I'd have to imagine. Does he have thoughts of being a head coach one day again? Probably. He has aspirations. He has goals. And I'm sure he's very angry at how things ended in both Denver and Vegas. But he knows. He knows he might be four or five years away from even getting an interview. So if you bring McDaniels in, you know that you have the defensive side figured out for the next four or five years if Mayo does a good enough job. And you have the offensive side figured out under McDaniels for the next four or five years. So it brings tremendous stability by hiring McDaniels. It would bring tremendous stability for the crafts. And you know what your team is and who is going to lead your team. You've got your defensive head coach. You've got your offensive head coach. And you don't have to worry about those guys being poached. That's huge. Huge. I'd also say that, you know, if you look at McDaniels in his non-Brady resume in New England, He did a great job with Matt Castle. Fantastic in 08 with him, right? Of course, you can't forget when Brady was suspended, he did a really good job with Jimmy G. He had that break glass in case of an emergency game with Jacoby Brissett against Houston on a Thursday night and did a good job with Jacoby Brissett. Did enough to win that football game. He really did a fantastic job, all things considered, of working the offense around Cam Newton in 2020. It's an entirely different kind of offense. And he was able to do it. Were they great? No. I mean, Cam can't really throw the football anymore. But McDaniels worked with what he was given, and he was able to tweak the offense in a manner that allowed Cam Newton to be more effective because Cam was not going to run what the Patriots had run with Brady, obviously two different quarterbacks. And you can look at Mac Jones's rookie season in 2021. And you could say that McDaniels did a good job developing Mac Jones in that rookie year. Now, some would say that Mac slid late in that season. Greg Bedard would tell you that Mac Jones in his grading system game by game played winning football in like fi- the final five or six games of 21. So you have that experience with McDaniels where he obviously did great things with Brady, but it's Brady. But he did great things with Matt Castle. He did, you know, good things with Jimmy G and Brissett when they subbed in for for Tom. He did a good job with Cam, given the restrictions in 2020. He did a good job with the rookie quarterback and Mac Jones in 2021. So there is there is some substance there. Post Brady, and even Castle during Brady after the ACL tear that would tell you McDaniels is not just a complete loss and tied at the hip with Brady. He's had success with non-Brady quarterbacks. So I, I do think that gives you a little bit more confidence. And finally, if you have McDaniels return, you have a full offensive staff ready to go. McDaniels has all of the guys that he brought to Vegas. He has the guys that he's coached with in New England over years and years and years and years. I mean, when you, when you look at Nick Cayley, Nick Cayley can be your tight ends coach, right? Or he can be your passing game coordinator. If you want to mess around with the title, Bo Hardigree is somebody who's been a quarterback's coach. You can bring in Bo Hardegy and, and, and make sure that Hardigree is, is somebody who works with the young quarterback, Mick Lombardi, wide receivers coach. So, McDaniels already has a full staff ready to go. And so it'll be interesting to see if that's the way they go. I do think, again, if, if these young voices, these new voices, these fresh voices from the McVay system, if you can't bring one of them in, if you have any questions, right, if you don't want to bring in somebody who hasn't called any plays mcdaniels to me is absolutely the next best option because of those things i've mentioned now first and foremost i would want a new offense i would want a new voice but we don't know what we don't know so if this is a situation where nobody's really leaping at the opportunity here and mcdaniels is sitting there and he's happy and content coming back then it makes some sense all right.